If this is your first time, welcome to Renovate. We're glad that you joined us. Um, we've got a special event after Renovate tonight for you and anyone else who wants to be a part of a small group. We've got a deal called Group Connect. And so after we're done here, over in the perk, we're going to have a group of our small group leaders and a few others in the room. Um, you guys can hang out, find out information about how to get plugged into a small group. Um, we would love for you to get plugged into a small group because we really believe that life change happens in small groups. And so uh, please make use of that. And also, if you're a guest, please make sure that you fill out the Connect card before you leave tonight so that we know that you're here and so that we can help you get plugged in. We are in week four of Between Black and White, the gray areas of the Christian life. And I've said this every week, but what this is all about is looking at certain issues in our lives that the Bible doesn't speak specifically to. And so when you're looking at social media, when you're looking at dating, when you're looking at music and movies, sometimes it's hard to find out what does the Bible have to say and how can I navigate these gray areas. And so we're on week four. Next week, we have a special guest speaker, Ryan McCarthy, and he's going to be closing out this series on dating. So that'll be a good one to invite your friends to. But tonight we have a special guest and he is one of our own. It is Casey Taylor. My man, Casey Taylor. So this guy, about four years ago, started up a brand new worship service here at Christ Chapel called Converge. Um, any Converge goers in here? Yeah, a lot of Converge goers in here. So four years ago, he had a vision for reaching young adults. And so he went to Ted Kitchens, our pastor, and said, hey, I've got this vision. I think I can do it. And within months, he had our old chapel filled with young adults, and it's filled every week. He is an amazing musician. He's a jack of all trades, master of one, which is music. He's a stud at music. And uh, he's married to his beautiful wife, Siobhan. And they've got three kiddos, Jovi, Jude, and Graham. Is that right? Yeah, there you go. So Casey's going to talk about music tonight. And uh, before we get started, we're going to watch a quick video. Every week we've watched a video testimony. And so this video is from another one of our band members, Richard, our drummer, so let's, let's look at Richard. Because of that, it's a very strong communi communicator and a tool. Um, and I found that God has shown me that he'll, he'll use that to his glory, you know, if you let him and you put yourself in that position to do that. Um, I believe it's a big part of how we're called to worship in spirit and truth, as Jesus talks about in John, where we have um, foundational truths that we mix with a stirring of the emotions and affections towards the Lord. Um, and he's shown me that it's, it's a privilege and, and a blessing to be able to do that and help lead people closer to him through music um, or just to play music in general and reach an audience in a way that uh, very few um, things can. I think there's, there's two sides to playing music for the glory of God for myself um, and that would be one side is just in general giving him um, credit for everything that I'm able to do or that I've done um, in terms of opportunities, in terms of a calling, an interest. Um, skills or abilities, you know, I can give that all to him. Um, if I'm created by him, then those are his. Obviously, in the worship world, we, we sing and play about um, uh, topics about his, his characteristics and his goodness and his attributes. And I think those things, because of that, those truths mixed with that, um, with those emotions that are stirred, uh, really help direct glory to him. Uh, I play in a lot of bars on the weekends with, with the country band. And um, so I see a different side of people enjoying music for different reasons. But I think I think anywhere you play, whether it's in the church or in a bar, 
you can you can give him glory depending on where you give credit to what you're doing, you know, where you place importance in your life. People can see that. I believe music can be a gray area um, because of its power to reach us emotionally. It can very easily take us off track, I think, of what, what we're really supposed to be thinking about and focusing on. And I've seen I've seen music become an idol in my own in my own life between performance and uh, wanting something to be a certain way that it can actually retract and, and remove joy from what I'm doing. And so I think, I think because of its power over our emotions and, our, and to take us places, that um, it can easily become something that, that re retracts from the gospel and from God's glory rather than attributing it to it. <clears throat> I love that guy. Richard's a great, a great guy. I guess I better stand up. I'm not used to, uh, I'm used to talking and people listening because I talk a lot. And people around me are forced to listening, but I'm not used to standing up on a stage with no guitar. If you ever see a musician go from a guitar to a microphone, they never know what to do with the other hand. <clears throat> and I have both of them, so I'm going to be like just doing this the whole time. But <clears throat> anyway, so uh, as Tyler said, uh, I lead Converge over in the chapel uh, at 11 o'clock on Sundays. I love Converge. I love the opportunity that I get to lead with a team of guys like Rich and Chike and uh, Jessica and, and Michael and, and a bunch of bunch of our musicians um, and singers and so I'm glad to be here with you guys. I'm here with you guys most every single week leading worship. But uh, today I wanted to talk to you about music, not specifically worship, but music, as we've been talking about music uh, and and movies and and all of these different things as uh, kind of being between black, which would say that they're bad. And here's you know no, this is not good. It's not good. And then <clears throat> white, which is just like complete freedom to enjoy and and just soak in. Uh, there is a healthy medium, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about being in the gray uh, and what that looks like. And so uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about my musical path, just to get to know me a little bit. Uh, I grew up a musical child. Uh, I wish that I had a lower voice, because every time I would try to sing in the little school choirs for the plays, I, I tried out to sing Blue Christmas, which is an Elvis song, but my voice had not dropped, so rather than being... I'll have a blue. I was, I'll have a blue. <clears throat> so it was a little, it was a little more peppy when it's that, you know, that high, I guess, than, than Elvis. It wasn't as blue. It was a light blue. <clears throat> uh, but it was, anyway, so I sang from a pretty young age. Uh, my mom exposed me to a lot of really great music. I, I would say it's great music. I'm a huge Beatles fan. I love Paul McCartney. Kind of backed into the Beatles because of Paul McCartney. That was my mom's favorite, so that, that sort of was my introduction. Uh, I loved all sorts of music, um, and uh, when I was young, I really loved country music, too. So anyway, I had a rich history, didn't start playing music until I was about 16. Uh, my mom got me a guitar. I should say I played a little bit sooner, but the French horn is not something I always like to just lead with. <laughs> so I played the French horn for almost four years. Um, and it was great, except for you played mostly upbeats from what I can remember, and uh, the big solo in the Nutcracker. So Christmas time was my time to shine, because I was first chair for a while in, in my uh, junior high and high school band, and then I quit because I didn't like marching band and I loved playing guitar. So anyway, uh, but enough about me, so you kind of have a little bit of a background. Um, I will, well, I should say, I, I was in a band. The Lord used me being in a band, thinking that I was going to take over the world playing my music for the masses uh, to sort of underhandedly teach me how to be on, on a stage and play guitar in front of people and not think about what I was doing so much, just to enjoy it. Um, and so I sort of backed into doing what I do now. Um, 
But anyway, so that's, that's a little bit of a history about who I am. But I wanted to kind of talk to you guys because music is such a strong influence in you guys' lives. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you guys listen to music pretty consistently. Tyler, I think, told me a statistic, what was it, like 11 hours a week that people spend on average listening to music. Um, and that is a ton. Christina actually told us she listened to 48 hours worth of music in a day. <clears throat> she, that may have been a slip, but I'm holding her to it because it's out there. And so <clears throat> I'm holding her to it. Um, anyway, so that she listens to a lot more than you guys. Um, but anyway, so music is such a presence in our life. It's something that we, we go to. We put it on in the background. You know, we're in stores and they have music. Um, but the thing I want to key in on is that music is something that carries something. It carries a message. Um, we're inundated with them all the time. Uh, you, drive, you drive down the streets, you see billboards just everywhere. Not even music, just TV. Billboards everywhere. We're inundated. Um, and music is a way that people have found to stick messages in your head and to keep them there. <clears throat> because who would I, where would I be calling if I called 267-8433? And I promise you that's not because David has said, you know, I need my carpet clean. Let me just find this number. And he thought, I need to memorize that phone number. Because they were such great carpet cleaners. I called Dalworth. And I'm telling you about this now. It's because they gave you a jingle. It's one of the most powerful things in the world is a jingle that will stick in your head. And you call. I don't even want to call Dalworth. But one of these times I just want to call and just be like, I wonder what it's like. You know, <laughs> I've heard so much about you. <laughs> like, and so, uh, but I don't. I relent because our carpet's pretty clean. We got new carpet. So <clears throat> anyway, but, um, but the thing that they want to do with music and, and what makes it so powerful is that not only is there a message, but it's a motive. Music connects with us at a soul level. Uh, it's, uh, the phrase is music is the, the universal language. It's the thing that all of us speak, whether we understand it or not. I, I've seen people cry during like French, like French ors or French like symphonies where it's like they're, they're singing in this operas and, and I don't know what anybody's talking about and neither do people I'm with and they're just like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I'm like, what did they say? Were they could have been talking about hot dogs? I don't know. <laughs> um, but they did it so prettily. Prettily. Um, anyway, so uh, the thing about music again, it's just a motive. It's something that we can all relate to. And so putting a message inside of it, um, it can really it can really do a lot for us. And so the thing that I want to do is I want to kind of talk uh, to you a little bit about um, uh, the big point that I have, and then we'll go from this to everything else. Uh, if you can, there's a slide, and it's 2 Corinthians 10.5. <clears throat> That's not it. There it is. <clears throat> um, and, it's, uh, and it's this verse, and it's, it's got a phrase in there that I want to key in on. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So I learned something uh, a long time ago. I... Whenever I was younger, a lot of you guys, if you grew up in the church, you probably faced this, and I'm sorry. We should all go to therapy for this because it's not, it's like one of those little things that swept through Christendom, and it was just, I don't know. But it's where we all felt guilty at camp because somebody was teaching us on purity, not just purity physically, but purity of the mind, purity emotionally. And so we all went back and we're like, you know what we can do? We'll show the sin in our lives. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn my CDs. I'm going to nail them to the cross or hammer them and paste them on a cross. 
I got smart. I was like, I got to figure out a way to get new music if I'm going to, I'm going to sell mine. At least get some equity in the new ones. <laughs> and so I did. I sold, I went to CD Warehouse and I was like, here's my Incubus CD, my Limp Biscuit CD, which, okay, that's all right. <laughs> but like, you know, all of my CDs that I had spent my money, my mom spent her money on and, uh, man, and I was just like sitting there with all my new CDs and I was like, okay. This, this is terrible. This music, and some of it was good. Some of it I liked. I got, I got into a lot of different types of Christian music, uh, cause I'm into a lot of different types of, of music. And so, uh, but after about a year, I, to, if I can be completely honest and transparent with you, I bought them back. Like, I went back and I was like, okay, like, and the lesson that I learned in that whole year of kind of fasting from secular music, which is the term we use to talk about anything that's not Christian, <clears throat> um, when I went back to the secular music, the thing I had learned in the meantime was this idea uh, and the thing that I want to talk to you about. And it's sort of the, the healthy way I feel like we can consume music. And that is to take every thought captive to obey Christ. So when we receive these messages, the big, the big thing that I want you to do is um, we can't be tuned out to what it is that we're receiving. So when you hear music, when you buy music, when you listen on the radio... Um, I hear from a lot of a lot of girls all the time, but I just love the beat. Just such a good beat, <clears throat> you know. Or like a guy back in high school is like, man, but like that bass line, dude. <clears throat> and it makes their car shake, and they just love they love the way that it makes them feel, and that's great. <clears throat> um, but over time, the thing that you may not realize, um, if you aren't guarded and you're not kind of filtering what's coming in. Um, you don't take every thought captive without knowing it. You can begin to be educated um, and transformed by what you're hearing. And you may not even realize it. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't use profanity, really. Like, if I do, my wife's like, what? She'll do it. She does it sometimes. I'm sorry. I throw you under the bus. <laughs> but in my wife's defense, it's not malicious. She just does it because she knows it sort of shocks me. And so she'll say something and be like, because <laughs> she's also very funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you listen to a lot, of, a lot of music that's just got a lot of language that, you know, you wouldn't want to use in a casual conversation with somebody, that might change over time if you just hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it and you get desensitized to it. And you're not, you're not taking it captive and saying, okay, I know that this isn't the way that I want to speak. And you don't put it in its right place and say, I know this isn't how I want to speak. Maybe I like the beat. Um, but this isn't how I want to talk. And you might find that, you, that maybe you, you kind of find a distaste for it after a while. Like you don't want to be hearing that stuff because that's not how you want to be speaking. Um, but if you don't watch out, sometimes the messages that we hear and sometimes the things that are in the music that we listen to, it sticks with us. Because as, as you know, 2678433 is where the next best thing to new is Dalworth Clean. I care this much, this much about carpet on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> but I have that with me forever forever um, and it's the same way so the beat may be great but you're not lost on the message the message can stick with you and I have I have something that I wanted to kind of bring up in a second but uh, whenever I was about 26 I was driving in Keller where I used to work uh, and they have like this big water tower it looks like it's from like the 40s it's like this old school water tower in Keller and I was driving on 377 and I just remember listening to one of like the uh, like the mix station, mix 1029 or something. 
and Shoop by Salt and Pepper came on. <clears throat> and I, that, I have to confess, that was one of my first five CDs that I ever had. My mom, for Christmas, got me five CDs, like Warren G., like Aerosmith, The Eagles, because I was cultured. <clears throat> Queen's Greatest Hits, and then it was Salt and Pepper. Uh, I, I never feel right saying that, Salt and Pepper. Pepper. <clears throat> um, anyway, but Shoop was like such a big song. I loved it, man. And I, I ashamed or not, I, I knew every single word to that song. From the yeah, yeah, I knew every little, every little nuance in that song. And, it, and all of a sudden it dawned on me, the words that I knew, what I knew. I didn't realize what I had till I had it out, till I said it. And I was like, oh man. And it shocked me. I was like, how did I ever get to listen to this? How did I ever make it through to where this was in my hands and I was listening to all this stuff? Um, and so the point that I want to make is just that it stuck with me. Uh, so even though I was just, you know, I wasn't sitting there thinking about the content of that song at that age in a practical sense, <laughs> um, it was, it stuck with me. Um, and that can educate and sort of change the way that you think about that sort of stuff without realizing it. You think about sex, like in that song, and you just think about it very differently. Um, you know, there's a song that I wanted to kind of bring up, and I've talked to Tyler about this a little bit, but uh, I like Michael Jackson a lot, and I like the police. And if, the, if Michael Jackson and the police came together and wrote a song, that song would be Bruno Mars's Locked Out of Heaven. <laughs> it is, it's literally like the perfect combination of both of those, those artists, those, that group and that artist. <clears throat> and man, the first time I heard it, I, I couldn't understand what he was saying, because it's just like the, sort of like the level that he sings at. Like I was just like... Yeah, but it was that little and like the drums are so great. And I was just like, man, this is like the greatest song I've heard in such a long time. The radio is so awful these days. This is not awful <clears throat> until and then one day I was like, what is he saying? <clears throat> and funny story, I, uh, I got this album because we get to use this stuff because sometimes we'll do like special music, right? Um, and we'll, uh, you know, between, like in the beginning of the services, we'll do some different things. So I just, just I go out there to explore. And I have a budget to discover new music. I bought a CD and I turned in a reimbursement form for this album. And Ted, who signs off on my reimbursements, signed off and he was like, I think I heard him on a radio interview one time. And I thought he was pretty impressive. And so he bought that CD. He bought it. <clears throat> and we show up for our like once every two week meeting me and Brian, uh, and he's like, got it on the table. And I'm thinking, what, why does he have that CD on the table? Like I, knowing that at this point I knew, and I'm about to get to what was in the song. And he was like trying to give it away because he was like, I really like the music, but like, I looked at the words and I'm like, I probably should have done that too. Sorry. <laughs> and so he just gave it to Brian and he was like, yeah, I was in Starbucks and I just picked it up. And I'm thinking like, what if one of the congregants like saw him in there and he's like, I'd like this Bruno Mars CD. <laughs> Anyway, but uh, he bought it and, and he gave it a shot to his credit. Um, but anyway, the lyrics to this song, uh, it says this. Um, you bring me to my knees, you make me testify. You guys probably know this too, by the way. You could make a sinner change his ways. Open up your gates because I can't wait to see the light. And right there is where I want to stay. Uh, because your sex takes me to paradise. And he says it about 35 times. Because um, you make me feel like I've been locked out of heaven uh, for too long. 
And the thing that I want to bring up about this is not only uh, did I enjoy this music very much, <clears throat> but at some point I had to deal with what was going on in that song because I'm going to listen to that song over and over and over again. I've bought it. Uh, I love the groove. I love everything that it says. Um, but And part of it could be because this is what I do with my job, even with, with worship songs. Um, but I really try to make sure that what I'm, what I'm listening to, I'm just not like indifferent to. Because if I put it on around you, like maybe you know what it says and I don't, and then you have to deal with that. Um, but I also need to be uh, monitoring what comes in. Uh, but sort of a second thing, so the first thing we, I, I kind of hit on was that we need to take captive every thought. Everything that comes in our head, all the music that we receive, we have to take it captive. And we've got to understand the message that's there because if not, it can sort of educate us on how to think about things. Um, like if you listen to too much of one type of political channel, you start thinking that way. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, it sort of seeps into you. Um, so there's that. But then also, if you listen to the message and you take every thought captive, a value of doing that is that you'll find that there's a lot of truth in what's going on in these songs. This song, I don't mean to bring it up to talk about sex, but what I do mean to bring up is there is a very real truth behind what's going on here. And I want to tell you, all truth is God's truth. All of it. In the Bible, Paul would bring up different philosophers in order to educate them on how Jesus was the better version of their philosopher's idea. You know, <clears throat> And what I want to show you is that Bruno Mars is talking with a worship motif to what he's saying about being with this woman. <laughs> you bring a sinner to his knees. And he's just saying like all of these things to do with heaven and to do with worship. And that's because Bruno Mars, you and I were created to worship. We were made to worship. Um, it's in each one of us to worship and lift something up. And for those of us who don't have Christ, and even for some of us who do and sort of struggle, we like to elevate other things. And so for him, he is worshiping his experience with this woman. You know, and he sings about it, and, and he's like so enthusiastic. He put the police and Michael Jackson's influence behind it. So it like, it, that's extra awesome. But like, <clears throat> he is worshiping. That is his worship song to this woman. And we're all created to to worship too. And so when you listen to songs, you know, because one of the things that we talk about uh, whenever I was thinking about, you know, what I was going to say is, is, you know, there was a point where I gave away all my CDs and I bought them back. Um, and it's because I learned that by taking every thought captive, I can find a lot of rich truth that may not be geared towards God that really affirms my faith and can really educate me to what society is, is reaching for. And I know how to be a believer and to, to know what the truth is. And if I'm in, my, if I'm in Scripture and I'm, I'm in the Word, as Tyler talked about, even you know, going into the movies, like I, I'm terrible, but you said to go in with your Bible and your popcorn. Okay, that was less important of the two. I got the right one. <laughs> but anyway, he said to go in with your Bible and your popcorn. And it's true because the truth that is inside us, if we take every thought captive, if I'm sitting here listening to that, I don't have to judge Bruno Mars because if he's not a believer, guys... The expectation is not for him to worship God. Like, he's just worshiping the thing that he knows to enjoy. Now, we're created to enjoy God. And, and us as consumers of music, we don't have to shy away from all the music that doesn't talk about all of the things that maybe we would hear on a Sunday. We don't have to shy away from it. And that's my stance. I believe we can consume, again, there's a line. For instance, an example I put down here is I used to love Rage Against the Machine. <clears throat> but I went through a phase of my life where I was real angry at my life. I really was angry just at the circumstances at my life. I would drive down the road and I'd be like, balls up, parade. Like, I'm just like, yeah, like, so like, 
yeah, like I was like, this is awesome. And I was a terrible driver. Like I was mad. Like every time I tried to kick the kick drum, it was the accelerator and that's awful in traffic. But I was so, you know, it's just not what you want to do if you struggle with anger is listen to music like that. So there is a line here where maybe it's not smart for you to listen to that sort of music. But maybe you can, if you really like that music, go work out and listen to it in a place where that aggression sort of is, is put to good use. You know, you get looking good. You don't look crazy on the road and you get to enjoy the, the killer beats and lyrics of Zach De La Roca. Rage Against the Machine. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so my point is, is that when you consume music, if you're taking every thought captive, there's also an exercise in learning a lot about culture, but then an identifying truth. Uh, I have friends that do this with movies, and we're not talking about movies, but it's uh, applicable for music. I have a friend who's a film guru, and, and he, he watches TV shows. A friend of Siobhan, as I met through Siobhan, his name's Ken, and he watches Lost and all of these TV shows and, and just identifies all of these spiritual themes. He's like, man, this guy's just he just struggles with depravity, you know, or just, he just struggles with identity and worth issues. And he's trying to put, like he watches Lost and that was just like a field day. Cause that's what that show's for is to identify the weaknesses in people. And you know, the very end they they have these like redeeming moments where they learn something an epiphany about themselves. And he just had a field day. Well, music, I can listen to Bruno Mars and I can hear him sing that he's being locked out of heaven for way too long because this new experience is so worthy of worship and just time spent. And I can say, Yes, but there's something better. <clears throat> and I know how to speak to that. And so when I listen to that song, I can enjoy it. Um, but I need to be an active listener. I need, to be in an act, I need to be an active consumer. Because otherwise, you're just receiving messages. And then one day, you're going to be like, why do I cuss so much? <laughs> we'll go through your iPod. And like, <laughs> you know, you need to know its place in your life. Otherwise, it'll just take a place that you didn't intend for it to. You know, it's just like whenever you have a lot of junk in your house. And you don't put it somewhere. You just got a bunch of junk piled up that you didn't know was there. And then you stub over it. And it's like, you got to know where you're putting everything. And so know, as the scripture says, um, that we have to take every thought captive. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, uh, having, having the word just implanted in us enables us to do that more readily. Um, we're able to filter what we hear with what is true in scripture and what God says is true for us. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so there's a lot of examples and I'm not going to get into all of them, but the third thing that I wanted to say, uh, going back to point one is I don't want to pick on secular music here either. Um, you know, secular music is a really easy thing to identify those themes in. If we're looking through a, a, a Christian biblical God centered lens, we can find themes. If you look for them, if you're taking every thought captive, <clears throat> but what you don't know is that kind of in our own backyard um, we can be changed and educated even in the church some of the songs we we sing or have sung throughout the history of uh, our worship times together are terrible theologically terrible and I'm not going to name names for a lot of things right now and we've talked about it and I've got some ones that are just sort of cheeky ones but um, or real nitpicky on my part because that's my job to try to make sure that the songs that come here are songs that I feel like our church lines up with that, that I agree with and can sing with a good conscience. But, um, but I am going to talk about one specifically um, because it, it, it led a lot of people uh, down a really wrong path 
to where it might have been harder for them to come back to a right understanding, or maybe they would have wasted a lot of time. My wife and I were talking one time right after we we got together, which was seven years ago yesterday, right? We were dating. We started dating. Seven years we've known each other. Mm. (laughs) Um, I don't know what that was. (laughs) I love you. Um, (laughs) So, mm. (laughs) but anyway, we... uh, we were talking one time and, you know, she knew that I was a worship pastor, obviously, because, uh, you know, we talked. And, <laughs> um, and so we were talking about just worship songs and I was asking her what worship songs she liked. And I was like, well, what worship songs do you not like? Because I came from a church when we met that was like more showy. And so she was being honest. She was like, well, man, I, I just don't like some of the ones that it just feels like, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like more showy songs, like songs that aren't maybe necessarily ones you do in worship, but they're, they're just like real cool rock songs that say Jesus in it. And so, you know, they wanted us to do it because it was like hype music. We had guys with towels. That didn't happen. But <clears throat> but it, fe- it felt like that sometimes where it was just like, you know, I used to like do a lot of this stuff because it was just like all the songs that were like 120 BPMs rich. Yeah, yeah. Beats for a minute. You got me. Um, <clears throat> anyway, and then this song came up. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you the lyrics. Well, it's called Above All, Michael W. Smith's song. <clears throat> and so let's read it together. It says, Crucified, laid behind a stone, you lived to die, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above all. <clears throat> And that feels great, guys, because if you listen to it, it's like, above all kingdoms. And he's just like raspy voice, and it's piano, and the synth is going. And if you see it on a video, there are like 80,000 people just like this. And he's like, crucified, with his Garth Brooks mic like me right now. And he's just like sitting there doing his thing. And, uh, and man, like people are going for it. And it's emotional, because as we said earlier, whether it's Dalworth or worship, <clears throat> Dalworth or Godsworth, if I'd have thought of it quicker, that would have been good. <clears throat> I didn't. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> whether it's Dalworth or Godsworth, music takes you somewhere. It's, it's emotive. Just listening to a song can do something for you. That's why a lot of people have a hard time whenever we were talking about this. Uh, we went on a staff retreat, and there's all these songs that are just like baby love, Baby love, my baby love. That's a depressing song. If you look at the lyrics, it does not match. <clears throat> but anyway, that's why that happens is because, you know, usually you want the lyrics and, and the music to, to match up, to kind of be moving as train tracks on the same direction, taking you somewhere. <clears throat> well, so this song is like so emotive. It's taking you somewhere. And where it's taking you is to the end, the money. It's the hook, if you will, for... Uh, us musical people and it says like a rose trampled on the ground and it's just got done listing all of these things that above that God is above but then the hook you thought of me above all thank you Jesus I'm so important that's where this takes you is that you start thinking like man like you, you thought of me above all I must be pretty important you know, but what happens whenever, what happens to that theology? Like, let's say this is a theology that you kind of grasp and put in your pocket. Well, what happens whenever you pull out your pocket and, man, somebody died that I love? That wasn't very thoughtful. I mean, that doesn't seem like 
That's really geared towards me. That actually sucked. You know, I'm sick. That's pretty bad. Your theology just crumbles whenever he thought of you above everything. If he went to all that trouble, why is this going on? I mean, let's lay behind a stone. You live to die for me to get this. Where, why why did I blow a tire? You know what I mean? Like, and so for a lot of people, like, and I'm not saying that it's like this huge epidemic, but I know a lot of people that are educated by songs like this. As I said, music and the message in the music will educate what you think, whether you know it or not. And, and we can't be passive listeners even in a church because this is not true. Let me tell you what scripture says about this, this type of idea. Uh, because the answer is to this, God is not interested in you or I above all things. Above all things, he's interested in his glory. We're part of that, and here's how. Uh, God created us for his glory. And this is, this is an exercise in doing what I'm telling you to do, both with worship music and in things that you would listen to. This is how this looks in a church example. <clears throat> so the message here is that we're taken captive, is that you took the fall and thought of me above all, considering all those things above it. But what scripture says, and what the Holy Spirit will lead us to, if we have the word in our hearts, um, as we're taking the thoughts captive that we listen to whenever we listen to music is uh, in Isaiah 43, 6-7. It says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. <clears throat> God didn't think about me above all. And here's another scripture that's pretty strong. This may be the most powerful one, but it's Isaiah 48, 9-11. It says, For my name's sake. I defer my anger. This is God. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. And he repeats it. For my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. But if God's the most glorious being and he's putting us above him, that doesn't, ma- that doesn't match. And so if we've taken this exercise that I'm encouraging you to do, that doesn't hold water. It doesn't. It doesn't hold up. And if we can do that, and I'm not, I'm not telling you to be like, what's Casey singing today? Oh, jeez. But it's like, you, you're able to do it much quicker if you're in the word, which is important. And that's the thing that I want to, in, in all of this stuff, there's, I have a couple more scriptures, but it's the same thing. Um, and just, I'll say this one, because again, this is the whole, the, the whole picture of Christ going into uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection. In his final hours, this is what he said to the Father. He said, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to do this, this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And so we see as we soak in the word, as we spend time in the word, that we can consume music and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, who the the scriptures tell us is the one who leads us to truth. We don't go to truth. Truth is brought to us. Even if it's the first time you heard it, you need to know the Holy Spirit has provided that way. And he has led you to truth. Um, 
it's, it's there, and when we soak it in, he's there, it's there for him to use it in our life and for him to lead it to us so that we can listen to a song and enjoy a song like Bruno Mars, and it doesn't have to be, let me find my hammer and, and just bang the crap out of this CD and kind of look back and like, like we're just leaving a friend at the airport we're not going to see for a while and like, I'll come get you later. Like, you know, or I'll buy another one just like you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like that. But we can, we can consume music. And so the three things that I want to kind of leave you with and then we're going to move on is, is these three things. And I just want to restate what I've already said. To be an active and not passive listener or consumer of music. Don't blindly take it all in because the message will stick with you whether you realize it or not. And maybe in a really inopportune time. Maybe in, in a way you don't see coming. But if you uh, take every thought captive as we've talked about, um, you'll be able to put it in its right place in your life. Um, but also, secondly, when we listen to that music, we can find an eternal value in it and we can identify truth in those songs. What is, what is true? What does scripture say is true just about the human condition? Whenever I listen to this song, you know, even like songs like Shake It Off, we could do an exercise if we wanted to and we could dance and it would be great. But then you can kind of like have a more like engaged enjoyment of that song rather than it just being about to be. That's lazy, guys. I'm, I'm sorry and I'm not coming down on you. But to just consume and to defend and be like, I just like this. This is just what I want. <clears throat> Then, then it's just, it's sort of a lazy way to consume it, and you're susceptible to all of the things that we're talking about. Um, so, taking the truth out of songs, whether it's, you know, regardless of the mouthpiece, whether it's a worship song or whether it's a secular song. Um, and the third one, that secular music is not bad, lies are bad. Whether it's in a worship song, a secular song, or whatever song, even if it's in the Daworth song. I don't know if it's really the next best thing to do. There could be something else. That's just tongue-in-cheek. But, <clears throat> um, but lies are bad. And the, re- the way we cast out lies is with the truth, which is God. That's the Bible. <clears throat> um, so anyway, so... My prayer for you and my hope for you as music listeners um, and even as worshipers is uh, the way that you take this from being all the way bad and you just flush it out of your life. I should say that if you're at a place where you feel like the messages really do affect you, maybe it is a good idea for you to just give it its proper place, which is not in your life. But um, my prayer for you is that you can consume music, that you can pull truth from it, You can take every thought captive, know what you're listening to, know if you have a propensity to some sort of an emotion that that music might pull out in you that you need to guard against. Um, But then also that that music is not bad and that the people that are doing it, maybe they're lost and they're not necessarily bad. They just need the truth. Lies are what is bad. And so we we can learn from music. We can speak truth into those circumstances. We can speak truth over our own hearts as we listen to things. Um... And uh, the Holy Spirit can kind of lead us back to a good place of receiving music. So uh, I'm going to pray, and then the team is going to come back up, and we're going to continue on in worship. Um, So if you would, let's go ahead and bow our heads together. Father, thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you have given us uh, music. Uh, It's provided me my livelihood, but it's also provided me endless joy. Um, 
uh, endless life, and I'm, I'm really thankful that, um, that we can enjoy it, and even music that might be um, just about the people around us who are struggling, and we can learn from uh, the things that we hear. Uh, just as a conversation with a lost person, we can learn something. We can learn something from uh, the music that we hear around us. So, um, Lord, I pray that you would use your word, uh, which is implanted in us, um, as we read and as we study, um, just to cast out the lies, Lord. So just let us be people who take every thought captive, uh, trust um, in what you say is true, um, and are able to take all of the things that we receive and put them in the right place, Lord. We thank you so much, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.